Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, I'm Jennifer Ruskin. You have Christina and Tony with us back again. We are here to do part two of open relationships. So what happened is we recorded, I don't know, several months ago. And then all of a sudden I started looking at my podcast stats and I was like, this is the top podcast I've ever recorded. What is happening? And we both, like, I guess not both, all three of us, the three of us started getting questions like, hey, I listened to this podcast. What does this mean? I started getting caught. Like, I listened to the podcast. I'm feeling weird feelings. I listened to the podcast. And then I brought my wife and she listened to the podcast. And we were both like, what is this? Maybe we want to do more. So today we thought that we would, we would launch starting with like, just how do you start in an open relationship? But before we do that, in case you haven't listened to the first podcast, which of course I'll put in the show notes below, why don't we have Tony and Christina introduce themselves, maybe talk about their own relationship and what open means and looks like for them. And where are you guys coming from in the world? You're not here in the U.S. today. You first. <clears throat> no, we are in Baja. Yeah. Santos, Baja, Mexico. So we're coming all the way from over here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so what does open mean to us? Mm. We have, um, I would say that to the majority of the world that doesn't follow our content where we talk about open relationships, um, when they look at us, they probably just picture the normal monogamous one man, one woman heterosexual relationship, but it's actually quite a bit different than that because um, we have a polyamorous relationship, which I define as a relationship where you can not only be open sexually with other people, but you can also develop real meaningful relationships and love more than one person. And I, I try to just leave defining polyamory at that. And then there's like a million subcategories of all different types. Um, we operate as a primary couple and that's open to dating other people, developing other real relationships. Um, we have experimented with like trios and quads and like spending a lot of time with other people and like experimenting with trying to get to like a more expanded family unit. Um, that's pretty complicated. Um, it's pretty hard. I mean, it's hard for two people to figure out how to get along. It's really hard for three and four and five people to figure out how to cohabitate and get along. So um, we find that we are just, we do our thing most of the time, just the two of us, but we both are open to date and love other people. And we're free to explore whatever that means for both of us. Yeah. <clears throat> We've been together for nine years, mm -hmm. almost 10. Um, and the whole time we've been poly. Um, so we started the relationship as that, which I know is like not the norm. Most people start monogamous and then want to open up. But I think that's definitely something that makes us a little bit unique. And yeah, that's, that's us. That's us. <laughs> yeah, and every time I hear you guys say like, when we bring in another person, it's hard. When we're with another couple, it's hard. But it's hard just being with one person, right? And my experience, especially recently, as people have started opening up to me about their own relationships is it's, it's, 
it, the, the feeling of stuckness, I think, is what's really hard. The feeling of being stuck in a relationship, in a marriage, in a partnership with someone where you're not allowed to see it or talk to anyone else or be with anyone else and you feel kind of trapped. That's hard too. So I think all relationshiping is hard. You know, you just get to choose your level of hardness. Yeah. Choose your level of what what you're willing maybe like to fight for or what you really want. So because right. I, I I don't want anyone to start to listen to this and be like, oh fuck, this is gonna be so hard. <laughs> like I'm just gonna <laughs> go ahead and turn it off right now. Because <laughs> yeah. we want to give you some tips today on like the actual blocking and tackling of open what is open so tony just tony and chris just talked about what poly is for me i was in an open relationship last fall for me that meant being married and also having an open relationship where my husband or i could see whoever we wanted and through the course of that um i wouldn't say that was hard that was fun and easy for me but my <laughs> husband at the time and i decided that i wanted to be open and he didn't and so we ended our relationship and while a lot of people would say that that's really hard, it wasn't, it was actually really easy. We made the decision in the hot tub actually. And we said, oh, well, maybe we're not going down the same path and that's okay. You know, the perfect mm -hmm. person for you is just down the path, but you have to let go of me to go find her, you know? Yeah. So that's what open looks like for me. That's what open and Polly looks like for them. And today we're going to talk a little bit first, I think just about, how do you open a relationship? Yes. How do you get there? Um, the, the most hard thing you'll do, right? The hardest thing right. you'll do is just opening exactly. the door, having those yes. conversations. Yeah. We are fortunate. Like Chris mentioned, we, we started this way. Um, and when, when I met her, I declared right up front that if this was to ever become a serious relationship that I, I, I don't do monogamy, um, I've tried it many times and it just didn't feel right. Um, it wasn't a good fit for me. So we started from the very beginning this way. And that obviously, like if you're in a relationship and you're wanting to go open, that's, you know, that doesn't help those people at all. But just real quick, speaking to the people that maybe are single and they're looking for a partner, we feel like you said, um, society has programmed us to feel to live in that certain little box mm -hmm. um, which feels like being constrained to a little box and if you feel any which way that you may want a polyamorous relationship one day it is so much easier to start with that mm -hmm. than to try to come back and do that five six nine eight ten years down the road it's really hard to go back and undo what you all have built, what you think your life is together. And then to completely change the game is, is a challenge. It's not impossible. And like you said, I don't wanna deter people from having those conversations, but it is easier for the people that are starting new relationships to talk about these things right up from the very beginning um, and just get it out of the way. Because my personal belief, like, you just mentioned this past the the first podcast got a lot of traction i believe that there's a lot of people that desire this type of relationship that are currently not in it because of what society has told us we're supposed to be mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot of people out there that really do function well in these settings 
So don't be scared to ask for that right up front when you're dating people. Yeah. Um, it's most likely not going to be super weird or taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, now for people that are in a relationship and they're considering or maybe one person wants to open their relationship and they don't know how to talk to their partner about it. Um, I have a couple of beliefs around this because I have been in that position and I have done that before. Um, the, the physical fitness trainer of me that's heard a million people say like, what's the easy fix? How do I, how do I lose weight without actually exercising and doing all the work? Like, people are always like looking for the easy fix and they're like, how do I do this without any icky stuff? And I feel like that question I've been asked so many times, like, how do I talk to my partner about it? And I feel like people are also kind of looking for the easy fix and the easy fix is being honest. Mm -hmm. The easy fix is just not hiding your truth. It's like, I mean, it sounds so lache, but like, Ram Das always says, like, just always tell the truth. Like, don't lie, don't hide your truth. Like, if you feel a certain way, you need to talk to your partner. Your partner is the one that you are with for life. They have your back for the rest of your life. There shouldn't be anything that you can't tell them, or that's a sign that there's like something wrong with the partnership, right? Mm. Is that if we can't share these things with the person that's supposed to have our back, um, that's just a sign that there's like a communication blockage. So Mm. um, yeah, it's it's just being honest about your feelings um, because if your partner is the one that's gonna be there forever and it is a solid foundation, the conversation is not gonna go as bad as we tell ourselves in our mind that it's going to go. Yeah. And it might. So So I want to speak to that. Yes. You have told me multiple times over the years that I have been asking you about Polly and your own relationship and what does it mean? And I've had 10 million questions for you and Christina. We'd be in the gym, like pumping iron, doing leg Uh presses. And I'm like, hold on. I have another question. Can you you (laughs) answer one more? And you've always said to me, Jen, I would never recommend opening a relationship that's broken or you don't open a relationship to fix the relationship. It's the same concept of if we just have a baby and we bring another human into our lives, everything will be okay. Like I tried that too. It doesn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. However, I I was looking down earlier because I wanted to write this quote that I heard the other day on another podcast. And she said, there's no such thing as scarcity. What's right for you will always find you. So I would say Mm -hmm. if you are in the place where what we're saying doesn't really apply because you know that your partner's going to go batshit crazy when you're like, I want to open our relationship. Don't be scared of that. Don't be scared to lose your partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we are mentally programmed that there is one person for you, your soulmate, and with true love's kiss and your soulmate, you're going to live forever in true happiness and ride off on a stallion into the unicorn rainbowness of life. And none of that's true, y'all. That's a fairy tale. So mm-hmm. what I want to say with this quote is if you're in a relationship that's unhappy and you want to be open, don't be scared to say to your partner, 
this mm -hmm. isn't really working for me and I want to have an open relationship. I want to try. And we can talk in a second too, maybe about tactically what opening the door could look like. Mm -hmm. I want to just speak into this and in that if your partner's not right for you, they're not right for you. And if they fall away because you have this discussion, congratulations, you are the true winner <laughs> because what's right for you will always find you. And there are 500 other humans behind your partner that right now going like, oh, I'd love to be in a relationship with you. Hey, I've had a crush on you for 10 years. I had a massage therapist that was like, I've had a crush on you for two years. And every time I rub on you, I think about that. But you know what? I'm a professional. So you didn't know. Like there are people out there right in your world that are like, oh my God, if this person was single, I would snatch them right up. So don't feel like you're going to be alone forever in a trailer with 10 cats, because that's not really actually what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a, yeah, it's being with the wrong person is something that I think a lot of us fall into just out of convenience, right? It's easy to, it's so much easier to put up with a couple of differences and sticky areas, if you, especially when you're in one of those situations where like half of the relationship is amazing, but yeah. then there's these other things that there's like, some differences and then you just sit and stuck like you you keep talking about being stuck like you just get stuck in that and then but yeah you're right I mean if it's if you truly feel that way and you want that relationship and you are certain that your partner is not going to be okay with it then there's other things that you probably need to discuss than whether you want to have an open relationship first just like differences and are you all going in the same place in life what do you want out of life mm -hmm. um i always so getting into like the tools and tactics to like start that conversation um i always kind of visioned in the past again this is not our our story but in the past it seemed really easy like if if you feel like you need to wait for the right time maybe you come across this podcast maybe you see a movie where there's like now there's polyamory is starting to pop up in movies and tv shows and netflix and all of these things it's like so maybe there's like some content that just happens to be on and then and then that can that can be the easiest way to open the door you're sitting there on the couch everything's comfortable everything's chill and then you're watching netflix and then there's you know a polyamory situation happening in a tv show and then you just say that's interesting well, what do you think about that mm -hmm. and you don't like you don't start with i want that you start with what do you think about that and then so like i've always thought that that's like the easiest way to open the door mm -hmm. uh, but i don't know what's your yeah thought? Uh, just a quick thought to that. Another easy one is porn. Like if you and your partner watch yeah. porn, there is so much like three-way couple swap, all the, like just, you know, as you're watching something spicy or maybe you choose yeah. something spicy that night, you're like, Oh babe, like, have you, cause surely you guys are probably already having these conversations in the bedroom, right? You're bringing in right. a hypothetical third person mm -hmm, or you're bringing yeah. in a hypothetical partner, um, like yeah. couple group and maybe you're couple swapping and it's, it's all just up in the air, but maybe you take it to the next level and you're like, no, I'm serious. I think maybe we should try this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Chris, yeah. you were going to say something. 
No, I'm saying that's like using a podcast or something like something else somebody said to like show your partner that way it's not like you sometimes we're not ready to like accept that information from like your partner but it's easier if you can read it from like another source I know like I've done that plenty times where he tries to tell me something but I was not ready to hear it but like listening to it from a different perspective like clicked it for me in my head okay. um so that's definitely like an easy way not an easy way but a better way for people to like uh, accept information yeah yeah yep Okay, so let's pretend like we've planted seeds and our partner's like, hmm, maybe I could get behind that. What would yeah. be some tactics, like some actual things that we could do to start to open, crack open the door? Education. <laughs> Listen to podcasts, talk to a polyamory friendly therapist, mm -hmm. get as much education on the topic about about what that means before you go start experimenting so like step one is not download tinder and go find <laughs> go find the third person step step one is like explore the conversation figure out maybe what type of polyamory you're interested in because i know we're, that we're going to go there later in the in the podcast but like I, I keep mentioning there's so many different styles and it could be you know, the, maybe it's a man and woman couple and they are okay with bringing in a girl, but not a guy. And then if you're not having these conversations, then you can get to the point, you can get skip that step mm -hmm. and get all the way to the point where you start looking for people. And then there's like, oh shit, that's not what I agreed to. So you've got to like thoroughly pull out all of the thoughts, all of the feelings, have those conversations, yeah. read books, you know, there's listen to podcasts there's a lot of content out there now about how to be ethical in non-monogamy and um yeah I, first step is like research figure out what it means to you figure out what you want out of that relationship and then make sure that along like in sync with your partner before you start looking for the other people or whatever whatever it is that you end up doing with it make sure that you're just you're doing it together i mean you're you're in it together you don't have to together but in it together right that you know what everybody's aware there's there's no because it's like what can happen in when we start opening relationships because a lot of it it's all around sex and relationship and like betrayal in sex is the worst betrayal there is right so hypothetical, like somebody says, okay, yes, I'm, I'm okay to entertaining this idea. And maybe in partner A thinks, okay, well, we're going to go out and we're going to go to the nightclub area. And then I'm just going to let you like, let other guys buy you drinks. And I'm going to like, and let you flirt with people. And then maybe partner A thinks that that's the first interaction where partner B that has wanted the open relationship for a decade is like I get to go pick up a new partner and like seal the deal on night one and then that and then partner one can be like you cheated on me because that's not what we agreed to because you never talked about what you were really really wanting out of it mm -hmm. so what you want out of it before you start actually doing anything yeah I, I'm looking at Chris like do you have anything to add to that 
I love that. I love the getting clear because I think I love what you were like, don't go download Tinder. <laughs> and I did a whole podcast with Scott, my partner on Tinder. And we talked a lot, or I talked a lot about getting super clear on what you're looking for. And so I love step one, go educate yourself. Step two, get really clear on what you want or what you think you want today. And side note, that can change. It will change. It will evolve. It's always going to, and that's okay. You get more clear about what you want, right? And then number three is get with your partner and get clarity and alignment with them before moving forward. And then maybe four might be Tinder. Maybe we can talk more about what four looks like. And then you have the conversation and the tools to in the, like to write the content, to write your profile. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that too. I, I think you guys, do you share Tinder profiles? Do you have your own? I'm going to stop talking. You guys move us through what that looks like, the execution yeah. piece. Now that I've got alignment with my partner, we've had conversations, mm-hmm. we know what we're looking for. I guess I could also riff on that because Derek and I did that too, but go ahead. I want to hear your side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So refining, let's say you've got to the point, you know, looking for um, Tinder is one that used the way we use it. I like, cause like I created the profile on my phone um, and then I just manage the conversations until somebody's interested. And then, and if, if there is anybody that's interested in both of us, then, then I obviously just share that information and we look at it together. We talk about it together. And then I respond like for both of us. Um, we always try to like set up that first meet with both of us, even, even if maybe it's somebody that's only interested in me or somebody that's only interested in her. We do, it, it does seem to make it for us easier if we just are both involved. Then there's no well, could this guy just be lying about all of that stuff? Could he be cheating on a spouse and she doesn't know about it? Like to take as many of those variables out of the question as possible, uh, the best. Um, but that's how ours works. Like we just, I, I have it very clear on my profile that we are a polyamorous traveling couple that we have been traveling the world for two years. We happen to be living in Mexico right now um because that's like important right when when you're looking at a profile to like decide whether you're going to date somebody not only is it like pretty rare that we're a couple that's looking to date people but we're also nomadic so we're also maybe only in your town for a month Mm -hmm. so it's like is there and but we also write that what we are looking for is developed friendships and with other like-minded people that we enjoy hanging out with, that we could go just as easily go jump in a room and have a wild weekend. We could also just go to a national park and go hiking and have just as much fun. So like, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for a lot of short, brief interactions. We're, we're like real connections. And we make sure that any profile that we've used says so. Mm-hmm. We, it's because there is, it is so tricky to get confused about what people are showing up for. Uh, we try to be as, as clear and upfront as possible in all of our content. Awesome. Chris, what about you? What does yours look like? What does it sound like? My Tinder? I have one. I haven't looked at it in a really long time. 
I feel like one thing that's very common in poly relationships, one person is the one that like kind of spearheads the like finding other people or the talking to people. Usually just one that's like better at doing that. Maybe they're just better at talking or maybe they're actually like more social than the other, but that's him for us. So I do have one, but I haven't honestly been on it and I don't even know how long. But what's nice is you can link to your partner's profile. Like, I don't know if you can actually do it within the profile, but like I have been in my DMs and been like, oh yeah, my husband is. And then you can get like a little short URL and send it to them to show them the partner's profile, which is kind of cool. Yeah, mine says on poly, it has pictures of both of us. It's very clear that we're in a poly relationship, but yeah, I have not used mine in this long time. He's definitely does that. Well, and just for us, yeah. I'm social. Yeah. I mean, Chris is super introverted and would rather not talk to another person, you know, except for like once every other decade. Yeah. So um, I am definitely the more social person. So. so okay. So maybe I should jump in real quick too, and maybe give like a different side of that. So, but yeah. the same in the alignment. So for us, we, again, it, it's a, I guess it's not different because we're, well, we're, so we were sort of looking for the different things. Okay. Let me just backtrack for <laughs> us. It was a, a quick conversation about rules and boundaries. So like, mm. what's our no-go and Tony actually helped me with this conversation with my husband at the time. Like what, what's a no-go? What's a hell yes. Do we want to have a bunch of rules? Do we want to leave it pretty loose? And so we came up with a couple rules, one being always be transparent and honest that we're married. So same as you guys, but on both of our profiles, it was like, we're, we're ethically non-monogamous married couple. Uh, You know, yes, she knows. Yes, he knows like very clear Mm -hmm. pictures of, of our partnership um, of us together within the, within the pictures. And then yeah. just like you guys very clearly stating what we were looking for, um, I guess the rules part of it really came into play more when I was in my DMs, you know, with people before we would meet up. But outside of that, just really, I guess the main one being don't lie, don't don't pretend like you're a single person and then meet up because I don't think that's fair to the other people meeting you. And I'll say with my experience, I had I had a quite a few men that would be like, Hey, I'm married and she doesn't know. I can't leave this relationship. Like I financially can't afford it or she'd kill me or, and I'm just like, I'm not yeah. interested and I don't care. Yep. It's uh, one of our two rules. We don't, we don't connect with cheaters. I mean, there's like part of like the yogic philosophy on my half is just like, not putting out bad karma and if you're going to help somebody cheat on their spouse I feel like that's a pretty big ding in your karmic record so (laughs) we we don't in a previous life in a previous open relationship anytime that that was on the table it always brought in drama because Mm -hmm. everybody always ends up finding out and then you've got a upset spouse that's trying to contact you to tell you to not talk to their wife anymore and it's Mm -hmm. just it creates all this weird stuff so yeah we don't do that 
to show and some honest. of the other side too that I was thinking of how you two would meet them first together I never did that I never knew the other people that he was seeing and he did not want to know about mine although I would have been happy to share um and another thing with rules so this might be something to think too of like did you guys ever do do you do overnights do you not do like this would be part of the like what's our boundaries conversation before getting on tinder to know like Am I just looking for like kind of a quick hookup? Is this something where I'm looking for a long-term relationship? Like, do I want to, do I want to go and travel with you and have overnights? Like what, what did you guys do on that? We, I don't think we've ever done an overnight together. Yeah. Well, I mean like, yeah, I'm like a solo overnight. No, no way. <laughs> I think really. if I remember, it's been so long since we've done very much solo dating outside. We pretty so our thing is we pretty much look for people that's interested in both of us. Mm -hmm. It just makes everything easier for us, especially travel. It's like, where's the other person going to go? If you're bringing somebody home, we live in an RV and travel. Um, so, so we do most everything together. If I remember when we lived in a house and had a more normal life and routine, I think we agreed on like, we wouldn't leave the other person like, bored home alone on a Friday night I love like that. we could like we could mm -hmm. go do our own stuff but we were very careful about scheduling to make sure that our partner either also had plans mm -hmm. or they were just oh they were a hundred percent okay with it yeah and so there definitely was I mean there was definitely some times where I went out on a Friday night and you're like no I do just want to stay home and like Bodie and I That's are just like gonna hang chill. out here relax yeah. Like go go do your thing. I don't I don't want to, but I don't think we ever did an overnight away from each other. I think we're to the point now where like we just check like whatever that boundary is like at, in the moment. Like we can have those conversations. Like hey, this person wants to like just meet me the alone for the first time. Like how do you feel about that? And then we just sit with it talk about it and decide there for in that day like if that feels right or it doesn't feel right um i think that's where we're at now yeah 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 there's very few hard boundaries we're pretty much we're open to exploring a lot yeah. as long as like we just have that conversation first yeah but yeah i mean we've got we don't hook up with cheaters and we use protection so that we're being safe and be honest that's like yeah I mean, we, we don't even have to call being honest a rule anymore. It's yeah. just our lifestyle. That's uh -huh. who you are. Right. Yeah. 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 So. The overnight thing for me was easy. And I guess as well for my husband, because we dated single people, not all of them were single, but, um, or the ones that we were with that were also married and poly, um, they also were like, sure. Yeah, we can do an overnight. Let's just get a hotel room. So that was easy, but. I yeah. think as you're listening, you're, you're seeing that there's so many different ways to be. Um, and I think maybe we're bringing up some good things that could be great conversation pieces with your partner to go like, well, how do you feel about me spending the night? Some people have weird rules, like you can't kiss, which I think is bizarre, yeah. but like that's reserved for me. Right. But you can share your other body parts, just not your lips. Um, so I guess you know, get as weird as you want. What, what I found to be, and I think what you guys have come to now too, is like the least amount of rules, the easiest. Cause then if not, you're like, Oh shit, I forgot rule number 35. Like you need a printout, like you can laminate it and take it with you. Like, Oh, can't, 
can't touch your earlobes because that's real sensual. And my partner likes it when I do that. So I can't touch your earlobes. Like, can you right. imagine? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it is, and it, so to quick little caveat, those things be really beneficial when you're practicing opening, right? Uh, Because I can, you know, this is like 15 years ago, the first time I was in a relationship where we were like experimenting with like swinging, this is, this is what we were doing back in the day, but it was like, and then you would download the website that had the swingers profiles. And it was like, it was very, it was like, full swap, soft swap, no swap. You're just like, you're going to go have sex in the same room as other people that are having sex. So there's like all of these different levels, which does require an enormous amount of rules. But maybe that's like your jumping off point, right? Maybe that's your partner's like, I don't know about actually having sex with other people, but maybe I could handle watching, you know, you have oral sex with somebody else and and then coming back to me so like there is so many different like levels but yeah the (laughs) the rules can get like super overwhelming but it may that may be like a safety net for people when they're first experimenting yeah what does that say like you can only go as fast as the person that doesn't like the slowest yeah 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 Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna flow with like where you're at in the whole stage like if you're just starting it you're gonna have a lot of rules because the person that didn't want it like is learning what they're okay with right like the one person that brought it up is already like they've thought about it for years they've thought about it forever how long like they know what they want but you're just coming to your partner for the first time with like hey I want to do this we're most of the time they probably haven't thought about it yet like not as in-depth as the person who's really wanting it so you're going to start with like where they're at and that's like one I think that's something that people don't talk about a lot is like you got to give the other person a little bit of grace like there's definitely like we can't get absurd with things but like you're just coming at them with this whole new thing that they haven't even thought about so like let's give them some grace, let them like try things and see what they're comfortable with. At first, it's going to be like a million rules, right? Like you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do this. But then like, as the time goes by, it's going to be like, okay, well, like, yeah, maybe now you're where we're at. And the only rule is just like, ask the question in the moment and then we'll figure it out. Because I know that was definitely like in my head when we first started our relationship, I was not poly before I was very monogamous very catholic very like i don't know half of these terms that we even use that we use now so like first i felt very like oh like i don't know if i like this because i've never fucking tried it like Mm. so can we just really like take a minute to like you know baby essentially into like trying all these things to where i can be comfortable with some and maybe like no no that's like a hard no for me now right so yeah it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flow of it. Yeah. I love that. And I think as we mature ourselves and mature in our relationship, we start to realize that we don't own our partners. Mm-hmm. I had somebody, um, had, had read this interesting back and forth swap in one of the groups that I'm in. And this guy said, four years ago, my wife died. And ever since she died, as Paul, as, as Tony recommended earlier in the, in the podcast, I decided I was Polly and I was open and I was going to tell everybody that going into any relationship. So he's mm-hmm. like, I've also been 
dating other women that are married and poly. And he said, I, I asked a woman the other day, oh, is your, is your husband your primary partner? And she said, no, I'm my primary partner. Mm-hmm. It was like, mic drop, right? <laughs> but it takes a bit of evolution to get to the point where you realize I don't own and I cannot control my partner. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a committed relationship with each other and you love, you have deep love and respect for each other. You don't want to hurt the other person as Tony was talking about. You don't want to do the sex stuff you haven't approved. Right. You want to, you want to take their feelings and their into consideration and you want to proceed with love. I mean, being polyamorous is multiple loves, right? Poly means many um, and amorous is loves. You want to have unlimited amounts of love for people and you don't, you don't want the drama that's being sneaky and doing things that aren't, you know, not, aren't, aren't, don't feel good to your partner either. Right. So it's always something to consider. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's a tricky world. Um, the other thing that I was like, so if we're going back to like moving down the list of like the, the procedure. So I think another huge part for people to figure out whenever they're now we're at the step where you're starting to date other people Mm -hmm. and this is what is actually the thing that is like really a topic for me because it's the thing that's came up for me a lot in the past like 15 years of all of these different types of relationships and all of the people that we've met and played and um played around with ideas of partnering is when single people, single normal monogamous people date, it's like we know that that dating phase is to figure out if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I a hippie forest fairy, and I show up to the date, and there's a college football fanatic that is like super into sports and typical things right like we can see right off the bat there's like a a little bit of a like a misalignment Mm -hmm. there's like maybe there's enough other things in common but like we're looking for those things right like we're looking for just how a person functions Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it like the diversity in the world is what makes it so beautiful that there is the different types of people out there and that's what makes this world a great place but it's what I notice in polyamory is everybody goes through all of the other steps that we've talked about and they figure out what type of poly they are. And then they go date another poly person or couple. And then that poly person or couple is different. And they're like, no, this is what polyamory is because this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we get about the dating phase and we forget about that there's also uh, different types of polyamory and so that's also like don't skip the dating phase and understanding that just because somebody else declares their polyamory doesn't mean they're just automatically like into you and gonna have sex with you and (laughs) and it's gonna be a perfect fit there's a dating phase and like finding your people even within that community and I know it sounds like common sense but I've seen so many times where people have like met us and started communicating with us and, and then they're like, oh, wait, that's weird how you do polyamory and that's not right. It's like, what do you mean that's not right? That's what, that's just how we live our life. Mm -hmm. Is it how you decide 
decided to do polyamory is how you decide to do polyamory and we're not a good fit so get back on tinder and find somebody else like it's 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 just there's a lot of judgment in the way people do polyamory and it's and it's difficult navigating that space so that's the biggest thing for me is to like try to help people understand once you've decided to be ethically non-monogamous be ethical about it and understand that other people might do it differently than you Yeah, Bill's right. I would love to move maybe into some Q and A's. So I'd love to hear like, what are the top questions that you two get about polyamory? I know a couple that I have gotten even from our close friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you want to start maybe with like, here's the top one or two that we get often? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. know. Okay. um, I, what's funny, the most common thing that's like coming up for me that I remember being, uh, asked over and over is just like, this can't be real. Like, are like, what's behind the scene? Like you all look like the perfect couple. You're happy. You love each other. You're, you look so great together. Why are you doing this? Like what's wrong? And which goes back, what's, which goes back to like your comment. It's like, it works for us because there's something wrong in our relationship. We're open, we're honest, have the actual freedom to go live this type of a lifestyle and not have like worry that the other person's doing stuff behind our back. Like if you can be honest about having sex with other people, there's not a lot of other things left for you to lie about. So it's, yeah, so that's the most common thing that we get is just like, disbelief and people asking us like what's behind the scenes what's wrong um and i think that's that's the reason why like this works for us is because we just have a great relationship and we're open and honest yeah yeah that's my answer to that (laughs) is there like it's just that's the root of it is like having a good solid foundation before you start playing in these areas Mm -hmm. what about our top two questions I have a few. Maybe it'll spur. Maybe I think when we get a lot, is it maybe I don't know. Like, is it like threesomes every night? Like, uh-huh. like assuming people always want to like assume like it's just about the sex. Like anytime we t- talk about it or they want to ask, it's mostly like I get a feel that they think it's just about like having another woman, having another man. When they forget the whole like what you were saying, what polyamorous means is like multiple loves it's love loving more than one person which means way more than just having a threesome every night i think that's one of the questions we got a lot when we were a trio was yeah. like do you have a threesome every night how do you all do you all oh, three yes. sleep in the same bed every night <laughs> christine yeah. is like yes <laughs> yes technically it is yes but then, like at that point it was like our normal sex like so it wasn't like a threesome like what i'm right sure Instead of sex with one other person it was sex with two other people yeah it's just like it's just that's who you live with and that's it's like a couple when they have sex they have sex it's like there was three of us and we all three slept in the same bed every night so every night that we had sex there was three of us there but it was it wasn't like this wild crazy thing that was like on a on a porn video where it's like people are hanging from the ceiling and 
you know, it's, it's not, it, it wasn't that. It was just like, we just all made love together. Yeah. It was, it was so, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just that stigma of it like being like kind of like a porn thing, like a like a very just like sex, 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 sex. Like you're having a threesome, like a lot of BDSM. And like, no, we just two, three people having sex instead of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And if that yeah, makes yeah. you feel let down, it can be all those things. Yeah. Like open would be more supportive for you than poly. And I have friends that are open and not poly and yeah it's like saturday night's kink night and monday night <laughs> is this person and thursday night is yeah you could definitely make it as spicy as you want mm-hmm. or you can uh make it as relational as you want right yeah and you could change your mind at any time mm-hmm. exactly that's exactly yeah <clears throat> um go ahead yeah. I was just going to ask her what her top two questions she's been getting are. Uh, I have three. You ready? Three. Okay. But they could be fast. They'd be like lightning round. Oh, uh, yeah. And maybe they're not. So this one's probably not. So I'll start with this one. Um, okay. I was with, so I see a, a very amazing polytherapist in Fayetteville. If you're local, just DM me if you want her name. She's fantastic. And we were talking yesterday. Yeah. Tony's like, yes, (laughs) we're all really careful because we're all clients of hers. And so we try to not tell other people that we're clients, you know, without the other person's permission. But anyway, we were talking about, she has quite a bit of couples in her practice, her clients that Mm -hmm. where one is asexual. So like lesbian company couples or heterosexual couples, um, or whatever, where one of them is just not interested in sex, like at all, like that part of their body is turned off and that's a whole nother thing. But in the moment, like that's just where they're at. And so she helps them open up their relationship so that the person that is wanting sex can go and find a partner, have multiple partners, and then have a, build a supportive relationship together. So I'm working on that first. How can this lifestyle support various blueprints? So again, I feel like we're going to be like, underneath this in the episode links, there's going to be like 25 links. Like here's other podcasts that I've recorded lately, but I I posted the last one that I did was on Jaya and Ian's blueprints, which you two have done. Um, I'm a shapeshifter. You guys feel welcome to talk about who you are, but as we, as we realize that just how opposites attract the, the way that we want to have sex or become sexual is usually different than our partner, how can mm-hmm. having an open relationship support our differences? <clears throat> Could you talk more about yeah. that maybe? Well, I, you know, as also being a shapeshifter, it's just like, I mean, I feel like that one is pretty, pretty common sense as far as like on the shapeshifter side, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you have multiple different ways of enjoying pleasure, and you're with a partner that isn't also a shapeshifter and say your partner is predominantly sexual and but is not interested in kink, not interested in sensual play, well then having other partners allows you to experience the other things that you're into. So, um, and in a, in a safe, you know, communicated, honest, ethical way, you can go have your needs met. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You guys happen to have any examples that you can talk about? 
I did just put you on the spot, so I don't feel like you yeah. have to. Oh, yeah, I just, I just have to think for a second. Uh, yes. Um, I would say one of what makes me a little bit different than most, because this is like also like a long conversation. I'll highlight it super fast. But in a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to be polyamorous, most men really struggle with a lot of the jealousy right like up front it's like I couldn't imagine seeing you with another guy that happens to be my kink I enjoy very much seeing her with another guy even though she isn't like she never would go like search that out she's like what she and I'm speaking for her now but what she is more interested in is me and other women but I like I just really love the process of seeing her with another man and so yeah so we have a friend of mine that is one of occasional partners and occasionally we all three get together and I get to like explore my kink my fetish of like watching that and you know it's it's a good uh situation so okay Chris you just jump in if you want to say anything because I know you you process a little bit. And so I, I don't want to like leave a lot of dead air, but you let me know if you want to say right. anything. Okay. Okay. And I would say I got to explore that with someone that was kind of the same thing, but more into like more kink, more BDSM. And so I was like, I just want to play with that. Like, what would it be like to be bound a little bit or to yeah. like, <clears throat> what does a flogger feel like? Or like it was things within my own relationship. I never in a million years would have been able to experience. And so having another partner, you know, that I felt safe with allowed me to play with that. Yeah. That's kind of like, I was trying to think about it, but yeah, that was, we had an experience with Aaron where he, what, did, what do you call it? A rope, the rope play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> where neither of us like had experience, but we had an interest to see if we did. So allowing another partner to come in that has like all the experience and that like lets you safely explore that. Yeah. So it's very similar to what you were saying more on that kinky side of trying something different. Perfect. Yeah. We're almost at time, but I really want to ask at least, well, I think we can go quickly through the last two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next one is how do you hold capacity for multiple lovers? I hear that a lot. Like that's a lot. That's so much. How in the world? Like I can barely keep up with having my own partner. Like how do I do more than one? Yeah. I mean, I think this is that gets to the root of people that are like either just wired to be polyamorous or people that are not, Mm -hmm. because. I feel like for me, and I know that I'm different than a lot of people, I answer that question when I get asked that question, like, well, who do you, can you only love your mom or can you love your mom and your dad? Like, can you, can you love two people like the same way? Like you can love, to me, it's that easy. And that sounds like a lot of people like hear that answer and they're like, it's not the same. Well, like for me, it is. For me, it is like I see loving a person the same way I love my sisters and my parents. And like I can love more than one person in the same capacity. Is there always the same amount of time? No, that's challenging. And that means being super open and communication and like communicating like what your needs are. 
yeah. and that gets really challenging like when you have multiple lovers and if all of those multiple lovers are wanting to be your primary you know if they're wanting to own you like you mentioned earlier if they all want you every single night somebody's going to get let down it's going to require some figuring out how to communicate around that so to me what i get is like why why is your one relationship hard yeah. <laughs> why, why is it like it should be like yes there's hard things but like overall if i'm describing our relationship i say like it's hard it's not a chore i have to do it's not something i have to check off my chest. like why is it difficult like why do you why is that the first thing you say about your own relationship so that that's the pain that I, I got when you asked. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I know like with Scott almost every day, I'm like, it's so easy to be with you. Thank you for making my life so easy. Exactly. Before I got yeah. on with you guys, he was making pancakes for the kids, like ran oh. out, bought eggs and everything and came back wow. and made homemade buttermilk pancakes. And I was like, partner of the year award. Right. Okay. Last oh. one. And this one is a common okay. one. So I think, I know y'all know how to answer this one, but how do you keep yourself and your partner safe from STIs and STDs? Like, are we all going to get AIDS and die? Mm. Let's we talk about that for a second. We uh, primarily will condom, so using protection. And I think if it was like suggesting a, lo- a more long-term lover that you didn't want to do that with, and you would just go get tested, you would be honest about it. I'm honest about what you do have. And we have those conversations with partners. Like, even if we're going to use protection, like, is there anything you would like to share? Like, let's be honest. Like, we're not shaming you for anything. Yeah. We're all, yeah. It's a safe space. Yeah. That is another topic that is just, it's not as taboo as it was 20 years ago. And it's just, it's, I mean, it definitely still is mm-hmm. not easy to talk about, especially if you're have something, but um it's just a conversation that needs to be had. And it goes back to where I started, like just always be honest, always lead with the truth and with love and talk about things. Be as careful as you can, get tested often um, and just be careful. There's, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to be careful out there. Um, we take it to the point of even like, um, we're, we're extra careful whenever um, she's ovulating, you know, because condoms aren't 100%. Sometimes they break. And that would be like a really tricky situation if we were having a threesome and another man was involved. And because mm-hmm. she's on, you know, she just naturally tracks her cycle. So she's not on birth control. So like we eat, like we know there's red days and green days. And we typically don't, we don't. <laughs> other people on red days very often so if there's a lot of different things that can be brought into that conversation about how to be safe yeah I love that and that's really part of maturity and being ethical right in yeah. protecting yourself and Chris I love what you said about um STIs and STDs not like this is not so taboo anymore the majority mm-hmm. of humans have something like let's just put that out there especially if you're like an adult and you've had sex with quite a few people in your life. So don't feel shame around that. Instead, feel empowered to have the conversation or to ask the questions. And then I did record a podcast. I'll link this to where we talked about frequency. And I think I even mentioned, you know, you guys had said whatever your frequency is. And I was like, 
oh, wow. Well, mine's like monthly. And I remember talking to my OBGYN and, and I, when I, I was totally honest with her, I'm like, so my husband and I are open. We're sleeping with a lot of people. Um, I want to test frequently. Like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, most people do that yearly. And I'm like, God, that's not enough for me. And so for me, like a quarterly thing was, was, and then she would say like, well, here's the ones you can test easily, frequently, like it's a urine sample. I think gonorrhea, chlamydia, maybe one other um, mm -hmm. is super cheap. And you just go in and pee in a cup and you could do that every week if you wanted to. Um, that mm -hmm. would probably be excessive, but you could if you wanted to. And then there's others that require blood work that are much more expensive and pricier, but still should be done at least yeah, yearly, yeah. right? Like on the regular. Right. And I would say when you get into a good community of open and poly people, you'll notice and realize that almost all of them are doing that and they'll talk about it on the yep. regular. Yeah. Cause we all want to keep each other safe. Yes. More love. More exactly. Love. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast of part two of open relationships. If you liked it, let us know. You can contact me, Christina, Tony, leave us a DM, shoot us an email. We're all over social media. If there's something you want us to come back, do a part three. Mm -hmm. Let us know what's interesting to you. What do you want us to dive in deeper about? Because we're all three about more love, more love in the world, right? Exactly. Thank you guys for being on. This was so much fun. I knew it would be. Bye.